frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Listen to me, son. You can't just make stuff like that up. We destroyed demons. If we were to use your list, we wouldn't be destroying demons. We'd be killing people. And we can never do that. Destroying demons is a good thing. Killing people is bad. Hello, and welcome to Film Church Radio. This is the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday. I'm Brandon. I'm Lewis. And we're here to talk about movies. Each week, Lewis and I alternate picking a film for both of us to watch and discuss. But today, we have a special guest who has brought us a film to the altar for us to pray over. <laughs> Folks, please give a warm welcome to my friend, Mr. C.J. Boyce. <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, thank you for being here. Uh, thank been, you for having me. Been looking forward to having you on for a while. Um, C.J. and I first met at Sundance, both volunteering in 2020, just before the pandemic. Um, you and I and our friend Jason Woods, who's also been on the show, kind of hit it off, hung out a lot while we were there. Um, yeah, so thanks. Thanks for being here. Hey, no problem. Glad to be here. I've, I've been needing something in my life, you know, just some some spiritualism. I need that, that film in me. And <laughs> yeah. the film I chose to put in me and everyone else is Frailty from 2001, directed by Bill Paxton, who also starred in it. Also stars Matthew McConaughey, Powers Booth, Matt O'Leary, and Jeremy Sumter. This is this is a doozy. This is a good one. It's about family, faith, insanity, and it's just it's a ride. It's a ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it definitely is. Like I I had no idea what to expect um for your pick like it's always kind of a shot in the dark when we have people on because it's like you could pick anything you want to um but i should have known you're gonna pick something like really really good just because you're one of those people that every time i talk to you and our friend zach is kind of like this where it's just like it your knowledge of cinema just seems so deep that i'm just like kind of like in awe whenever we talk about stuff um and yeah this is a really great pick i i like this film a lot uh we're gonna get into that there is something about this film that i don't like um but you'll have to wait until we get into that discussion here in a little bit um but if you are new to the show thank you for being here thank you for joining this uh congregation of film fanatics um and uh at the end of every episode, we always announce what we're going to watch next week. So stick around to the end of the episode for that. Uh, Lewis has got something to announce, something <laughs> big. That's um, right. And uh, yeah, the only other thing I got to say about our show is just thanks for being here and please subscribe and uh, tell people about it so we can spread the love of Film Church Radio. We're on all the social media channels at Film Church Radio. Um, so give us a, a follow. Um, 
before we get into discussing frailty, um, we like to have a, a little question and answer session with our guests just to kind of get to know them a little bit. Um, I feel like maybe most listeners know me and Lewis by now, hopefully. 58 episodes in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe not. I'm still learning stuff about myself. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, yeah, so we've got a few questions for you, CJ, um, related to film and treating it as a, as a religion. Um, Mm. so the first question is what made you convert to the church of film? Uh, it goes back to when I was a kid. So my dad, huge film buff, he was in the army and he was stationed in Japan for a little while. And when I was, I don't know, maybe 10 or so, he showed me Seven Samurai, which I know yeah. you're both well acquainted with. So, right. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, not only did he understand some of the film without subtitles, but he also knew the historical context. So he would pause mm-hmm. at certain moments, be like, yeah, you know, this is this. And the peasants were doing this and the samurai were like this. And my 10 year old brain was like, wow, swords. And <laughs> <laughs> that was the film that did it ever since then. It just has kept going and going and going. <laughs> yeah. I fit. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That That's such mm-hmm. a like deep cut movie to like, for your dad to show you at such a oh, young yeah. age. Oh, um, how is it for you now? Like going back to it now? Oh, wow. It's, I understand more of like why, like, I feel like he paused it so much because even though it's what I think over three hours long, he didn't want it to end. I get that now. <laughs> I actually like it even more now. And even I'm surprised that he showed me this as a kid. I was like, no wonder we only watched up when my mom wasn't around, but still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you done like a Kur- Kurosawa deep dive? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Those DVDs have taken a decent chunk of my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have yet to do that. I know Lewis just did it after we watched Seven Samurai for the show last year. Yeah, I watched a few last year. Um, like just knocked off kind of the biggies and just worked my way down pretty much. Um, I think I ended with about twelve or thirteen that I'd watched um in the year. So yeah, it was um he's incredible. Oh yeah. Every film is just beautiful. So Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What a guy. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um I know that you brought frailty for us, um, for us to watch, but if you were, you know, guest speaking um guest preaching at a church what film would you bring to be like this is the perfect embodiment of who i am like this is my this is my film that's a good one um i think the film i bring is uh chunking express that um, one car wide directed that Mm. one was one of my first ever like criterion films i saw and i saw it when i was like going through like hard time in my life and it literally not only did it encouraged me but it made me have a new perspective for what was going on around me and pretty much anyone that knows me really well that's the film that i just couldn't stop talking about i've you know written papers about it and stuff like that and it's just phenomenal it's one that i'm like i want everyone to see this (laughs) everyone watches now (laughs) when did you watch that when was the first time that you kind of gravitated um, towards it i can't believe it's already been like what it was maybe five years ago Mm. 
I've rewatched it quite a few times since. So I'm like, wow, I can't believe it feels yeah. like I've known about that film for like a decade now. Mm. Yeah. There's yeah. films like that, that once you watch it and you kind of, you have to go back to it straight away and it just becomes part of your persona. You know, it's just part of who you are from oh, that moment yeah. on. So oh, yeah. no, I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even heard That's... of this film, so it's going to have to be next, <laughs> my next watch this week. I think. Especially oh, yeah. after Frailty was so good. So we talk about film heaven sometimes. You know, it's a little different for everybody. But what is yeah. uh, what does film heaven look like for you, CJ? Hmm. I picture film heaven as like a giant, well-cut, uh, free of bugs field with just a big screen. Everyone, you know, all races, creeds genders whatever just coming together watching a film just enjoying it and basking in it like if i get like weird with it i can say that you know maybe the film is like 4d or 3d or whatever but just like <laughs> basically just all together just having a good time <laughs> yeah that's awesome just the most immersive experience possible yeah exactly yeah exactly. it was like the alamo when they showed jaws in a lake, Ooh, and yeah. you could like yeah, sit on like yeah. like sit in dinghies and watch the film. That to me is like that would be perfect. That <laughs> that is what I want. <laughs> oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if they've done it again since COVID, but they need to. They yeah. Need to back on. Yeah. It. Yeah. Or like just cut a big circle out of a corn maze and show <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> That would be that would be good. That would be something I would really enjoy, oh, <laughs> and probably be terrified <laughs> of as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're going to officiate a wedding, um, CJ, what film would you show that you think epitomizes like love and um, unity? Love and unity. I've been watching so much dark stuff recently. I'm like, hmm. Mm. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> it always somehow it always just pops up, and hmm, love and unity. I think I would choose, and it's another um, Wong Kar Wai film. It's mm. in the mood for love. And mm. granted, their relationship is interesting, you know, the whole both of them being married and then coming together. But mm. I think its themes are not only timeless, but they're also it's also kind of a cautionary tale. Because I feel yeah. like if I'm officiating a wedding, I want it, I want to be real about it, you know, like hey, you love each other. Sometimes you're going to have your trials, your tribulations, stuff like that. But with enough love, you can overcome it. You know, no one ever said marriage was just going to be a, a walk in the park and you just, you know, eating chocolate dipped strawberries or something every day. Yeah. I actually watched that for the first time like a month ago. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's oh, yeah. so beautiful and kind of makes you really appreciate where you are. Yes. You know. <laughs> And kind of that you took the chances that were, you know, <laughs> given out to you, I guess. Um, yeah, that's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Since you talked about it, Lewis, I, I pulled it up on my, yeah. I, uh, just a tab on my browser on IMDb and it's just been sitting there reminding me mm. I got to watch it. <laughs> and it's, I think it's like an hour and a half, right? It's pretty. Like, yeah, it's pretty short. Sure. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I think it's, I mean, it, it was on Criterion yeah. channel because of the BFI um sight and sound list but um yeah I'm i think sure i came pretty... across it on hbo max recently i was gonna say i think i've seen it on hbo as yeah, well it, yeah it might still be there it might yeah. still be there yeah fingers crossed sweet yes. 
All right, CJ, who is or who are your film gods? All right, well, Kurosawa, that's one. Uh, Wong Kar Wai, that's another one. Um, I actually recently came to appreciate her more. Um, Patty Jenkins, I've come to like her more now mm-hmm. that I've seen more of her stuff beyond just, you know, Wonder Woman. Um, who else is another one? Definitely Tarkovsky, big one. Haven't seen all his stuff. I have to, you know, I got to be in the right headspace for that. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, Bergman, um, let's see who else. Uh, the other Kurosawa, Kiyoshi Kurosawa. I've only seen two of his films, but he just had one um, released in Criterion called Cure. Really good. The guy is, he has a unique eye. I'll say that. Yeah. Very unique. And yep, I'll, I'll throw in Lynch. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about That's... Lynch earlier because they're showing uh, Mulholland Drive at yeah. Alamo, and I haven't watched it yet. He's he's somebody else I I I need to do a deep dive on. Um, I've only yeah. seen it. I think I've seen Lost Highway and uh, Eraserhead might be the only two of his I've seen. Yeah, yeah. I feel like such an un unrate like underrated one that he did was The Elephant Man. Yes. I love The Elephant Man. That's I think it's absolutely film. amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it never seems to be kind of like brought up when people are talking about Lynch. It's always, you know, Blue Velvet or uh, or Mulholland Drive. But Elephant Man is really good. Oh yeah, yeah that was that's another one my dad showed me when I was really young. Mm. I was like, yeah. oh, I was like, this is this is great. I was like, why are they being so mean? To him? <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that was one that my parents showed me before I went off to study film. It was like we had this summer where we watched. Where they like picked up a lot of kind of eighties and nineties classics for me to watch to knock off the list, and that was one of them. And I still vividly remember. I don't think I've gone back to it for a, for a while, but it's still kind of, especially the ending is like imprinted in my brain. Oh um, yeah, it's it's great. Um, so we're all about going to the cinema and experiencing these films in the best way possible. Um, have you had a like a religious experience in a movie theater that just left you in awe? Like an ex, like a certain moment in a film or a film itself that you're just like, wow, this is what cinema's about. Oh yeah. So mine is. Hmm, I wish I had more of a, I don't know, classy answer, but this one is just like my <laughs> earliest experience with that. Yeah. So another one with my dad. He snuck me into. Uh, they were doing like some sort of like Halloween showing of Freddy versus Jason, and nice. for some reason being there, I was one of the only kids there. <laughs> and everyone there was such huge fans like people were going crazy like i forgot there was a character i think he was based on um jason muse mm-hmm. and he like when he showed up for some reason like everyone just lost their minds like yeah freddie freddie's a, a caterpillar smoking weed it's like it's great and i was like man i gotta i gotta be a part of this that's what <laughs> got me into horror which started the whole film love and then it just expanded from that and it's just seeing that many people that passionate about something that, you know, while silly, yeah, they just totally, yeah. It. People were, after the film was over, they were like, I can't wait for that sequel. And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> it's like, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, horror movies, they're, they're interesting because, well, I, I did not grow up watching horror movies especially in a movie theater. I mean, the closest thing that I, Mm. the closest horror movie, movie theater experience I had as a child was watching Jurassic Park (laughs) 2, you know, when I was eight in a movie theater. Um, But like, 
yeah, like, and maybe like I watched like Hitchcock and stuff, you know, like yeah. horror adjacent mm-hmm. movies as a kid yeah. and stuff. But when I started working at a movie theater, um, it horror movies really caught my attention because of the audiences, because those movies I, on on yeah. opening night, those movies would be packed and people <laughs> would be screaming and shouting and like having a blast. And I would. Yeah, just and I didn't really know what that experience was until I started working at a movie theater and got to be like a part of it. And and uh, yeah, it was a it, like <laughs> like if you miss opening yeah. weekend of a horror movie, you're yeah. missing you're missing the movie. Oh yeah, like, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're missing it completely. You know, you one can't... of my favorite. Yeah, I was gonna say one of my favorite moments about going to see a horror film in the cinema was we went to see Hereditary, <sighs> and there's a scene uh, about three quarters <laughs> of the way through where it like pans out and she's on the ceiling. Um, and you yeah, don't yeah. really notice her at first, and then all of a sudden you kind of like draw to her, and the guy in front of her was just like, "Nope," and was <laughs> like left to the theater. He was like, "I'm done. I can't do this anymore." And that is like hands down my favorite experience in a cinema. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah. that's great. Um, I want to get back and go to a movie theater right now. And I think that you can see that like horror films are what draw people in because they've been kind of like successful you know in the yeah. last few years yeah. it's all kind of like the horror film that kind of keeps it afloat between the blockbusters yeah. you know we had the summer and then we had kind of like barbarian and smile and now it's kind of avatar and that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. it's kind of keeping everything afloat so yeah. have you have you guys seen uh the menu no not yet it's, I heard it's good just go it, on hbo yeah oh. yeah i just i watched it last night but I won't mm. say anything. I won't say if I like it or dislike it, but okay. it's it's been doing really well. It's been doing yeah, really, really cool. well in in the movie theaters. Like consistent, like week mm-hmm. in week out, kind of mm-hmm. staying. You know, people are going back to see it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on my list. Yep, uh, same. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We haven't talked about it on the show yet, but I'm I'm working in a movie theater again, so I'm I'm getting to see like what's hitting. Yeah. You know, yeah. firsthand again, which is fun. Like one of the best parts. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's uh that's all the questions we got. All right, all right. Let's so, see. Let's... Now it is time <laughs> for our feature presentation. Frailty, two thousand one. No soul is safe. A man confesses to an FBI agent his family's story of how his religious fanatic's father's visions lead to a series of murders to destroy supposed demons. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go and say that I have never heard of this film before, before you picked it. I had never kind of, like, it had never been even on my radar. I don't think I've, you know, with Bill Paxton directing it, it's never crossed my mind that he even directed. You know, I, I I wasn't aware of that part of his career. Yeah. So I've never I never came across it. Even like when I pulled it up to watch, I was like, I don't know this poster. Like I, I have no mm-hmm. knowledge of this film. Wow. For the better, I think. Because yeah. when I turned yeah. it on, I was like, I know nothing. Um, and I love going in blind. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah. And as I said to Brandon many times, I love themes of people questioning faith. Me I don't too. know what it is. It just works for me. Um, and this film has that in truckloads. So I was like, <laughs> I was in it. I was like, this is, yeah, this is up my alley. Yeah, I, I thought about you a lot, Lewis, after watching this because I was like, I was like, no, no, but just like the reason, like the, the reasons you just listed, like, you know, people questioning faith, um, the father son relationships, uh, the Hitchcock in, inspirations, yeah. and Stephen mm-hmm. King. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know you love both of those guys. Um, yeah, just all of that. And then there's so much there that I love. Um, like it's all takes place in Texas, East Texas. <laughs> um, originally was going to be Tyler, but they changed it to Thurman because, um, uh, you know, cause he didn't, he, he decided not to use a real town, but there's a, like a, a Tyler Rose garden, which Tyler is, very close to where I grew up, and oh, wow. I I have family that lives there currently. Oh, um, so yeah, I mean, Sarah and I had our first date in Tyler. Like, <laughs> so like all all of those things, like just Texas based filmmaking. You know, it was also way off my radar. Bill Paxton is someone I know, but I didn't really know. Like, I didn't really know he was like a from Texas, from Fort Worth, um, which I probably should have. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, haven't, he's only directed one other film that I haven't seen. Um, the greatest game ever played with Shia LaBeouf. Um, oh. and, uh, yeah. So yeah, also completely off my radar and yeah, I just absolutely loved this movie. Like, yeah. Same. um, I discovered it randomly, like, I don't know how many years ago, maybe five or six. I was just scrolling through TV, um, landed on TNT. It was on. And for a long time, like McConaughey, I looked at him like my mom watched all the romantic comedies. So I saw him sitting there, serious face. I was like, all right, what is this? And then Bill Paxton showed up. I was like, oh, yeah, he was great in Aliens. Kept watching it. I was like, okay. Um totally unprepared and had no idea yeah. <laughs> what I got into. I was like, I don't yeah. think my mom's going to like this one, but uh, I forgot <laughs> about it for years after that. And maybe about a month or two ago, maybe a little more, there was some list that it was on. I was like, that sounds familiar. And I was like, Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I was like, how could I forget it? It was so good. And I just rewatched it um, last night. And I was like, yeah, this definitely hits harder. Like now that I'm older, like been through more stuff, I understand more. I'm just like, wow, okay. Um, this is this is great. I just loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah, there's so much like it is just an all around well crafted film. Like oh, yeah. from top to bottom, it is like incredibly directed incredibly acted incredibly scored and edited and shot and everything it's like where has this movie been (laughs) you know and like man what would bill paxton have done next you know like he only has one other movie after this and uh 
man, he 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 deserved all the money for whatever he yeah. wanted to do after this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Um, because it's that good, people. You've got yeah. to see this movie. Uh, yes, it is on HBO Max right now. I went and got this. <laughs> the blu-ray like yeah i i watched it twice on hbo and then i was like i gotta get it and i wish i had ordered it earlier so i could like watch all of the special features but it's got mm. uh i watched one featurey the behind the scenes featurey which was really good um and cool to see like paxton and the two child actors like mm. goofing around and yeah out, yeah you know behind the scenes and stuff but um it also has like two commentaries and yeah, like a couple of behind the scenes featurees, some deleted scenes, storyboards, yeah, all that stuff. So sweet, definitely worth it. And it was like yeah. six bucks. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> worth it. Um, so I, I have. Go ahead. I was going to say I do. I don't want to kind of. I know that we're going to be very positive. So I, I want to get my one negative out of the way okay. before yeah. we kind of move on. Um, and I, th- the one quibble I have with it is the end. I mean, the one thing that, yeah, it's gonna, it's, it's probably the same same thing for me. Yeah. Um, um, and as soon as I started thinking about it, I was like, why did we do that bait and switch? Why was it like, oh, it's not him, it's me? And then actually, all this could be true. And I was like, of course, The Sixth Sense came out two years before this oh. with that huge twist ending. Yeah. So there's, the studio are probably like, we need a twist. We need it to, you know, this made money. If you want to make this film, there needs to be a twist at the end. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it didn't feel like it fit. Well, two things. Well, here's what I'll say about it. Okay. Uh, I like the twist where. McConaughey is Adam and not Fenton. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine too. with that. Yeah. I almost, I kind of anticipated it a little bit because I was like, yeah. Chelsea uh, said within the first two minutes, she was like, I bet it's not who he says he is. Yeah. I was like, there's <laughs> yeah. this story. <laughs> like, I was too. like, <laughs> yeah. they're distracting us with the, bu- the, the, um, backstory. Yeah. But the, the main story has got to go somewhere. And yeah. it's got to be something murderous and mysterious. Like, it's going to be some kind of killer. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and I thought maybe even, like, Fenton and him were, like, that was one of my theories was him and Fenton were in it together at the end. Yeah. And he was going to, like, pop out and kill him or something. Yeah. I didn't like the visions. The, I didn't yeah. like that they actually showed that they were seeing that these people yeah. were actually yeah. bad Same people. Um, yeah. And one thing that's interesting about that is James Cameron, who obviously Bill Paxton had worked with a few times. Yeah. Um, a few. <laughs> yeah, a few. Um, he, uh, he told him, so originally when he, when he, when he uh, kidnaps the first like woman, uh, mm. and he puts his hand on her or whatever, he was going to show the visions there. Mm. And James Cameron was like, no, you don't, don't do that. He's like, don't show him till the end because you want people to side with Fenton. You want him to side with the kid. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, exactly. which was genius. I mean, yeah, were, absolutely. It's yeah, right. It was. Yeah, it was. It was correct. the yeah. right decision. Um, and if people were kind of normal people, <laughs> I, I might be fine with the ending of this movie. This movie hits so close to home in terms of uh, religious fanaticism that that I've personally seen that I know people who have strong faith in God who watch this can use this to justify violence. And they they use God to justify violence. And the fact that they, at the end of the movie, they're like, oh, these people were actually bad people you know, and they're actually seeing these visions gives people an excuse to be violent in the name of God happens all the time. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's, that's the problem I have. Um, obviously like we, you know, we call this thing film church radio. (laughs) We treat treat cinema as a, as a religion. (laughs) It's, it's, it's mostly a joke. You know, it's it's like it's yeah. a gimmick. You know, we're not actually like worshiping anything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and we're not committing violence in the name of film or anything. So, right. yeah. <laughs> just beating people over their head with That's cameras <laughs> <laughs> with Blu-ray discs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that. Yeah. As I said at the beginning of the show, there's one mm-hmm. thing I don't like. That's it. I have one yeah. more I didn't like, and I don't know if this is just because I rewatched Sin City recently, but so my girlfriend said the moment Powers Boots showed up, she was like, bad. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I was trying at first. I was like, well, maybe not. Like, because I didn't remember much. Yeah. So I was like, well, I don't remember him being bad. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the way they should, especially in the car, I was like, okay, yep. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah. when the visions were happening, I was like, maybe he's just brainwashed to the point that he thinks he saw it. You know, he was so kind of supportive of his dad and like invested in it that he was like, "How I've seen him too." Yeah. But then as soon as he touches um, Powers Booth, and he's like, "How did you know?" I was like, "Oh no, don't do it." Don't <laughs> yeah. Like it's better if like if he just believes that he sees. You know. But again, I'm not a scriptwriter. But from my point of view, I was like. It would, like you said, Brandon, it's just that one step too far into like siding with them. Yeah, it just gives it. Ju- it gives people who already commit acts of violence in the name of God justification. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, which so. is a shame because I feel like the the other. I mean, how long is it? Like ninety eight minutes. The other ninety minutes is really really good. Yeah, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and I don't think it needed, especially when. Um, the other detective goes to the police um, station and doesn't recognize him, and then drives off. Yeah, that was like again, yeah, the whole like, it's just like nailing it in, you know. Yeah, the just, whole supernatural part of it there. Yeah, yeah, just it. it yeah. I just I wish because the the direction that um, Bill Paxton goes with the movie, like his hmm. sensibility of knowing what this the potential this script had. Like he knew that it needed a director who was very sensitive in the way that he 
portrayed these characters and portrayed the progression of the violence um and and the progression of showing the violence yeah. uh and the subtlety of that yeah and and it's that it's more he knew that it's more about what you don't show it's more about what you hear it's more mm-hmm. about the reaction from the kids um all of that stuff yeah to then just at the end be like oh magic yeah <laughs> supernatural um stuff you know and it's such a it, it doesn't ruin the film i don't think completely no. because no. it's such a it's such a short it's literally the last 5 minutes of the movie it's so yeah. sm, uh, such a small part of the movie it could have ruined the movie if matthew mcconaughey wasn't in it i think if if anybody else had played that character i don't think it would be excusable exactly but because yeah. matthew mcconaughey kind of uh complements bill paxton's performance so well i mean yeah. the the part where he's yeah. like putting his hands on powers booth and like and and he like falls to the ground he's like you didn't think anybody knew about that but God yeah, knew. Like the way that he fun. says, yeah. the way that he says God, I don't know. There's something in that accent that like, that, that was like, this is uh, a really great performance. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? So no, it was no. like, it was, it, watching McConaughey, I think made it all right for me. Yeah. Um, but I still don't like it. If that, like, you know yeah no it does it does make sense it's kind of it's watchable um but it's not a good way to end this film yeah and and especially yeah. i think because mcconaughey at that time was doing things not like this that is interesting yeah, it's in- interesting <laughs> to see him in this role doing this you know um but yeah um yeah. <laughs> Where to go from here? Like it's Yeah, we can we can move on from the negativity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um So one of the things Bill Paxton said in the behind the scenes stuff was this this film is about faith, family and loss of innocence. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I think definitely family. I think that, you know, the family unit of I I really like the scene where he's like you know, I went to the police station, but it was harder than you think, you know, to go in and kind of, and to dub your dad in, I guess. Um, and I think, yeah, that the, the constant struggle between the two boys, I think was done really well and handled really oh, yeah. delicately, you know, cause not once did any of them become, you know, I don't know, un unrealistic. They both acted like, you know, brothers would, you know, um, and I thought that that was the the whole the family unit was done really well because um, I think Bill Paxton's got this wonderful ability to kind of to switch between like fatherly like in the first few scenes you could tell that like they got on as a unit off screen as well but then also really sinister yeah you know when he came in he was like don't wake your brother I was like he's gonna kill him yeah I was like, he's gonna kill him I was like here we go yeah. you know um, and I think that was. The family part for me was the bit that I kind of I really enjoyed. Yeah, same. same. Yeah. The yeah, lost I... innocence part too. Um, so I looked at it uh, a little after I finished. I sat and thought about it. I think it's the father who 
I didn't even notice we never get his name, never find out his name. Mm. I think because, and this is something that my girlfriend mentioned, I didn't even think about the fact that he mentions, you know, the mom dying and childbirth. I think ever since then, you know, he's been on shaky ground because in the beginning, he's just, he's, you know, a wonderful dad. I think a lesser film would have had him be abusive or something like that. Or we'd have seen him drinking all the time, you know, just chugging mm. whiskey or whatever. And as it progresses, he, he, like you could see that kind of struggle in him to where I'm just like, I feel like there's, there's, there is that voice in his head that's like, this is kind of crazy, but he's just so, he has so much conviction. He's like, no, 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 no. It just, you know, this just has to be done. And, you know, by his last scene, it's just like, I think all that innocence is just gone in him. And that's when he just, you know, he's just done at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. I was kind of thinking the same things after the movie, um, like thinking about Bill Paxton's character, because um, yeah. he's got, uh, yeah, it, it's obvious like he has this incredible love for his children, uh-huh. like that that it, it brings like this charm to his character, um, but then you start digging into like you start thinking about like where the mom is and how she died and which you don't really know. I, I guess, do they mention childbirth or they, did they? I think, um, I think Adam mentioned it. Okay. I think he mentioned um, like, Oh, she died giving birth to, to Adam, you know, when McConaughey was just, yeah. Yeah. So there could be some trauma there, like the, mm-hmm. the trauma of the loss, you know, contributing to his insanity. Um, yeah. Because obviously, like lots of people have a really hard time dealing with with something like that, um especially you know the way that someone of faith might deal with it um, yeah I'm sure it's that yeah. conflicting emotion of why are these people that you know, the the demons quote unquote the people that are doing terrible things get to walk the earth, and my wife doesn't. Yeah, exactly. You know, as opposed to my faith is telling me that God has a plan. Yeah. You know, so it's that kind of battle between, no, my faith is telling me that this is what's supposed to happen, but also this isn't fair. I need to, like, find a way to deal with it. And unfortunately, yeah. it's by seeing visions and um, angels and killing demons. <laughs> Introducing well, people to Otis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the question of why is something that I'm sure that a character like that would go to every night when he's praying. It's like, yeah. why why did you take this person from me? There has to yeah. be a reason, like, because there's a reason for everything that God does. Um, and then what's scary about the portrayal of Paxton that he gives is that it is uh, so calm that he yeah. still has this loving yeah. personality that, yeah. he, you know, he's not, he's not a man screaming hate from the pulpit or whatever. He's like, he's a loving father. That's like getting into the hearts and mind of his children. That's the, that was honestly like one of the most terrifying parts of the movie is like when he yeah. comes in for the first time and he's corrupting his children. Like that yeah. first discussion that he has, it's like, God came to me and he said, we have to kill demons. Yeah. 
they're going to look like people, but they're not, you know, it's just so it like they're, those kids are so young, man. And just like, like he's just Mm. absolutely corrupting them. And then obviously he does, like he corrupts one of his kids and the other one like fights back. Um, but then those two brothers, like that brother relationship that they have was also one of the strongest points of the movie too, was like seeing they, they had conflict, but they had, you know, this like tight brotherhood, you know, that they knew they would always have each other's back, even though they didn't, uh, agree. Yeah. Um, to the point that the, to the point that it becomes so realistic, like, <laughs> like when the when Fenton's digging the hole and he like throws dirt on his brother and he's like you butthole yeah yeah <laughs> like the There's fact scene... that it just still say... had that childhood like element to it that was real was yeah was really great oh yeah yeah I was gonna say the scene after when he's digging that hole was a perfect encapsulation I think of uh, of just Bill Paxton as a as a character when it when um when he comes in from digging the hole to eat his dinner and you can just see in the background like by the flicker of the tv um adam's sitting on his knee while they watch the tv together you know having a good time and he comes in and he's like why, did, why didn't you wear gloves <laughs> you know i'm not angry that you've been out there digging all day i'm angry that you've messed up your hands yeah <laughs> you know it's still that kind of paternal like watching over them and like still providing for them but it's like it's the two extremes isn't it it's that you know it's the kind of stories that you do hear out of the very, oh, I don't want to offend anyone, but very like religious households where it's kind of, we do things by the book. And if you don't do the things, you're going to get punished. But we, you know, God loves you. And yeah, I think I, that's, the, that's the balance that kind of comes out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I also liked how, I don't know, maybe I missed it. Do we ever see a Bible? We never see him like the only time they do a, I think a direct mention is um, when McConaughey said like, oh, like Abraham and Isaac toward the end when he mentions yeah. that. Mm. I was like, that's interesting. It was like he didn't go to the Bible. like, oh, I need um uh, like scriptural backing for this. He's like, no, nope, yeah. I know. <laughs> He's like, that's it. Yeah. I mean. There's a lot of churches in backgrounds. I noticed like when the kids were kind of walking mm-hmm. al- around the town, there's a lot of churches in the background. Uh-huh. Um, but again, it is small town Texas, so yeah. there are <laughs> churches everywhere. Um, and then, yeah, there's no... I would have thought that we would have had... You know, there's the scene where he sees the vision uh-huh. and it's in a church where yeah. it kind of comes down to him. But there's no... I thought, you know, with a, a film like this, I thought we would have had at least... Um, a scene in a church or maybe the the um the kid goes to you know the local vicar mm. and say hey my dad's having these visions but that's not included which is interesting you know how how religious is this family yeah exactly i was yeah. starting to wonder that yeah do they go to church every sunday or is it just like a you know a kind of bi-weekly like monthly thing like what you know what is there i mean there's a lot there's a ton of like people who consider themselves devout yeah christians that don't go to church yeah yeah there's there's tons yeah and i think that's an interesting way because it would like i said it would have been incredibly easy to make that a character point 
and been very easy to convey to the audience. You know, just them leaving church on a Sunday. That's just one shot and you would have been like, okay, they're, you know, they're avid church goes, they go every week. But yeah. the fact that they didn't go that way is super, is like, what is that comment? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, it could be that they do, but you just don't see those days. Like, they focused on yeah, the other exactly. day, you know, yeah. days at home, yeah. work days of the week or whatever. Because yeah, you're gonna I mean, watch those deleted scenes now, and yeah, there's gonna be scenes, like, loads of there scenes might be, in yeah. churches. Because yeah. like, because because uh, because all the, I mean, it's a pretty well crafted film in terms of budget. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there's not a there's not a large cast of characters. I mean, you don't like going to a church. You would have had to have a lot of extras. Yeah, you know? yeah. But mo- like true. all the scenes are intimate. Like it's mm. two three people. Um, yeah, the rooms and, are. There's no kind of like reverse angle shot. Mm-hmm. Everything is from the same kind of point of view. Yeah. Um, that all the sets are obviously just you know two walls connected. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, and then the only like really the only other characters are like the demons that they that they get. Mm. I mean, they go to like the supermarket and stuff, but they're outside. Yeah. yeah. You know, they have the the um i guess it's the sheriff that comes over or whatever yeah yeah the sheriff um but yeah, yeah that I mean, was very all... stephen king oh Misery, yeah especially yep. mm-hmm. um, um in terms of what like in, in reference to something or yeah in misery they um i mean again this is a spoiler but they eventually get the like the local old time sheriff to kind of come into the house and he gets an axe or a sledgehammer, I think, to the head, mm-hmm. um, and falls down cellar steps um, oh. in the process. <laughs> yep. Um, so very similar. That's kind of what like the first kind of flash, you know, that went off when I saw that happen. Because as soon as I went down to the cellar, I was like, "He's a goner. He's not going to make it out of this place." Well, yeah. I mean, they yeah. uh, they yeah. heavily allude to it right before when he's like, mm. "Tell me, Fenton, does this ha- does this need to happen?" Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I don't know why Fenton didn't get it because then he like leads him down the stairs. It's like I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was if I was that police chief, I'd have been like, "That is a very weird way to phrase it." Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I'm safe here. I don't know. Yeah, like I think I got some dinner at home. I got to go eat. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um the the other religious comment that I thought was interesting and thought and and kind of felt like it was a uh, Bill. Paxton trying to put his own faith or his own beliefs into the film, like his own uh, personal thoughts was like the use of the claymation, like when the kid's watching the claymation mm-hmm. and the kid is like, dad, why did God let this happen to me? And the dad's like, don't blame God, Davy. It's not his fault. You're not a puppet, puppet with strings tied to you. Uh, God wants you to decide for yourself. Like you've got free will and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just felt like it was a it was a faith based counterpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I also just um little tangent. Um, did did either of you think it was weird? Like one scene that I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. But the the scene where he has the vision with the angel. That's. Mm. In the past, that's the only vision we see that the father has, right? Well, he had like when that he's time in the film. What when he's like when he first has a vision, 
he he has like a trophy on his nightstand and it like glows. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Other than that, because I I remember thinking that um like he was just gonna be under the car and like some oil was gonna fall big. Like, oh, and then you know there's literally an angel with a flaming sword. I was like, whoa, okay. Mm. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But see, yeah, it's even, long. Yeah. Even like in that moment, even though you're seeing like some crazy supernatural stuff. You assume it's all in his mind. Yep. Based That's on it, yeah, because the context yeah. clues. Like Yeah. Yeah. And because it's kind of told um as a story, it's kind of being retold. It's like, yeah, it's just showing us, you know, what he believed happened. Yeah. You know, the character that's telling this story. So I think that narratively that that it didn't kind of take me out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I wasn't like, oh, this is weird. Um but I did Fear for Bill Paxton's safety with all those sparks going off around his head. I know. I was like, yeah. what's going like, on? Just, yeah, like move it away from his head. Like, I would not want to have filmed that. I would not want to have been anywhere near the set when that was happening. No. <laughs> yeah. No way. Um, it, it, I mean, you know, I know we were talking about kind of Stephen King and stuff earlier. I mean, the, the other thing that came into my mind that it is not like at all is Carrie. You know, when you think of religious. Mm parents and how they react to their like kids kind of growing up a little bit um this is like the polar opposite it's you know it's kind of it's still a loving home it's just that the father likes to kill demons Um, (laughs) whereas Mm. carries is is not you know yeah and it's two different reactions from the kids really um it is just such an interesting take you know it's such an interesting direction to take all the characters and the and the way that it's presented it was it was very different to what i'd seen before yeah oh oh yeah 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 i felt like it was uh it was i mean just so much of this film i find incredibly relatable like Mm. personally you know not just like all the i i guess mostly i guess because it's like growing up in you know the east texas bible belt you know it 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 was obviously written and it was like the writer um mm. brent hanley was from grand prairie i think and mm. you know oh. it, it's based on like some murders that happened in new jersey i think is where he got the inspiration but he took you know the idea uh and was able to like make it relate to his own experience, I guess, in growing up yeah. in the Bible belts as well. And, and I think, the, yeah, the reason it, it, I find it so relatable is just the, the way that the, these relationships are portrayed just feel so real. Yeah. Know? Um, and one of the things that, um, Bill Paxson said, you know, was like, I think that all of us have had things happen in our childhood that we want to forget. You know, maybe dad wasn't hacking people up and putting him in the Rose Garden, but yeah, yeah like you still, um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It just like, it just felt real. It it felt. Yeah, no, it if, did. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know how else to put it. It, just, it felt incredibly accurately portrayed yeah yeah and i think that's why the ending 
you know, you let it off a little bit. You're just like, eh, it didn't stick it, but I think feel like everything it didn't ruin the relationship between any of the kids. You know, yeah. That, yeah. that that core relationship, it didn't kind of ruin anything there. Um it just didn't quite see through some of the themes. Cause <clears throat> when they were waiting for the the old guy in front of the supermarket and and they're like, Well, what if someone sees us and he's like, God will protect us? I was like, that would be a really interesting theme if it was like just blindly following faith and it kind of working out, you know, yeah. to a point. Just, you know, it kind of you thinking that it's actually being, you know, it's divine intervention for you to do something when it's just, you know, and seeing how far that will go. Um, but yeah, it just turns out that God was controlling it. <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah. so I just got lucky. Yeah. I mean, oh. yeah. I think um, the score or mm. minimal score really helped with that realism that that feel like you were like just in it, like just everyday normal life, especially in the beginning. Because at a certain point, I just had like a straight thought. I was like, I don't think I've heard a score for like the past 20 minutes. So it's like, wait a minute. Everything, even like the, the beer can opening, just the fridge door slamming. I was like, I haven't heard a score at all. And then I think the first time you hear it in the flashbacks or when the dad comes like when he wakes up i think that's when you first hear it but it, for a while i was like whoa i was like this is i'm just just so immersed it just i noticed yeah. it way later i was like oh yeah, yeah the, the score is interesting mm -hmm. yeah i i i like the score a lot there was a yeah a moment yesterday i was in the grocery store and i was just like humming the like some of the score so it, yeah. like, it, it, it caught my ear for sure um yeah i like i mean like i already said i think every part of this movie is like almost perfect yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah did you uh i i know like cj you had already seen it before but like lewis when you i would like every like the movie just captivated me like every mm -hmm. every moment oh, yeah. um, and and when he brings the woman home for the first time and you see the shot like the kid i think maybe because you're also seeing it from the kid's perspective yeah. kind of mm -hmm. you yeah. know when it comes down and you see her there you're just like holy f like it was more yeah it was more the shot before you know the the headlights across the window and then him running to the window to look out and seeing his dad like with something in a top walk past yeah, the window yeah, yeah. i was like that is terrifying <laughs> yeah like that's you know nightmare fuel for the rest of your life yeah um but yeah i mean i just like it was one of those things where i was like how far is this gonna go because when he was saying it, i was like I, he's got like we're only 20 minutes in i know that he's got to probably kill someone at some point but i was like how far does this go and they took it as far as they were i mean to the point where they were trying to get the kids to do it as well you know, yeah. it's kind of as extreme as you would expect it to be. Yeah. Yeah. That scene actually, that hit me hard too, because just like the way he was walking, it was so natural and comfortable. He's yeah. just like, mm -hmm, yeah, he's not hiding you it. Know. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that, I think that's what's terrifying. Like that makes it mm. more terrifying is because he's so calm, because he's so, so gentle. I think it's, it's scarier when when you hear people speak in like a tone of love 
yeah. but then like the words yeah. that are coming out are hate. Like if you're not paying attention, it's like, wait, they're yeah. talking about killing people. Yeah. And, and I don't know whether it's just yeah. my little warp mind, but when we saw the nurse um like on the floor, I was like, wait, is she a prostitute? You know, there's a split second where I was like, is he actually going to be ridding the world of like, you know, people that he didn't believe were necessary? Maybe I'm just too, you know, maybe I've just listened to Blink 182's Enema of the State too much and just looked <laughs> at the album artwork that I'm just like, I just associate those two things together. But yeah. I, there was a split second where I was like, maybe this is where he's found someone that's like doing that a professional, it's like doing sinning something. Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny yeah, you exactly. mentioned that. I had a. A similar thought because I was like, is she like, like some sort of like promiscuous woman or something? I had a similar mm. thought when I saw that. Yeah, and then the older man, I was like, oh no, I guess not. But I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I guess yeah. you know that was I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but man, just the progression of everything because it just it really builds mm. so well. Um, yeah. So what are what are some of your guys' like favorite shots in the movie? Cause that's another part of it. It's like it's not only like directed well in mm. terms of the progression of the story and the acting, but like the shots show some brilliant filmmaking involved. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um I mean, you know that I really like the tracking zoom or the zoom I, I can't re- I don't know the exact term. Um but the one that was done most famously in Jaws. Um, and it's the same cinematographer that did oh. Jaws. Oh, really? So, yeah, I was looking it up because I was like, the, you know, I had the same reaction to you, I wow. think. When I was like, the cinematography is really, really yeah. good in this film. You know, they staged very well. There's some really great angles, especially. Yeah. I think that's um, a, a dolly zoom. I think that's what it's called, a dolly zoom. Dolly zoom, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the same... Um, cinematographer. That's crazy. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, I wonder if that's the kind of part of his trademark after Jaws. He was like, just got to drop it into everything. Doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And for those who don't, who I mean, I'm sure you know most people know what that is. I mean, it's a, it's mm. basically, it's also done in like Hitchcock did it first in Vertigo. Yeah. But it's where you, you uh, physically move the camera forward while you're zooming out so it gives yeah. us a very warped perspective yeah. or you could do the it character, the way. yeah the character gets closer in the and the um background further away gets yeah. further away yeah mm-hmm. i think that was uh, the first strangely... thing in film school that i wanted to learn how to do yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was oh, like yeah. just tell me how to do that <laughs> <laughs> one shot i found like i don't know if this is gonna make me twisted or not but i found strangely funny is when he puts the um the pipe on the table and it's wrapped up and he's like oh this is the last one and yeah <laughs> and he doesn't <laughs> opens it so majestic and my <laughs> girlfriend turned and looked at me she's like he's crazy i'm like yeah <laughs> like, here it is <laughs> yeah i like that one a lot <laughs> um, yeah i i love the the shot of the shit of the like the farmhouse where he finds otis yeah um, yeah with the yeah. with the sky and the kind of the sun shining through um any shot any shot where the angle's a little bit different, I really like. I like when he was digging the hole and the camera's from underneath. Yeah. And it just really gives yeah. an impression of how deep like and how much he's done. Um Yeah, I mean there's 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 so much, you know. The 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 shot of Matthew McConaughey getting into the back of the car. 
Yeah. And it kind of lingers with the rain yeah. and the, the, you know, the moonlight in his face. Um, that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot in here that's kind of, it, it, I think that for the most part, it's, um, it, it could have been a very, you know, standard movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like you said, the cinematography does just elevate it as well as the direction and, and the, and the, um, relationships and stuff It's it all kind of, it makes it better than it should have been really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I think Paxton kind of knew, like he had to just have that sensibility to read yeah. that script and know that that was something he could do. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, speaking of like the the rain and the car shots, like that whole driving sequence is done in a studio artificially. Um oh, and there's a yeah. there's a really cool like sequence uh in the behind the scenes stuff where you see the cinematographer orchestrating um orchestrating that whole thing cuz he's like directing everyone as far as like when to move the lights by the car and how much rain wow. to be using and the wipers and all of it is like is like an orchestra. Um Yeah. But yeah, uh, Bill Bill Butler, that's the director of photography. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me, like the things that I, the, as far as shots and stuff, I really loved the influences from Sam Raimi, you know, yeah. with, the, with the cellar and the axe hero shot where he's like standing at the top of the yeah. cellar with the axe. Um, the floating head when he's like going into insanity. I was like, that yeah. is straight up evil dead right there yep. <laughs> like um yeah and speaking of of sam raimi and bill paxton you know it's funny cj literally on our last episode we did our our top five uh top five watches of 2022 so it's like any movie that we've watched for the first time in 2022 it's not just movies that came out in 2022 and i watched uh, a simple plan from 1998 Directed by Sam Raimi, starring Bill Paxton. Huh. And I seen uh, dude, it is so. It was it was in my top five watches of the year. It's from 1998, so it's yeah. a couple years before this. Yeah, but it's cool. clear that you know he had a lot of influences from him, and and uh, and and I and, you know based on like the trivia and stuff that you can read about this movie, you know he he got a lot of like advice from Sam Raimi and stuff while making this mm. movie. Um, but yeah, simple plan. It's it's really good, and it's also it, it's kind of the perfect uh, double feature for this because it 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 uh, it's Bill Paxton playing another role where he's like uh, uh, in a in a, in a questionable morality tale, mm. I guess you know. Mm. Um, I'll check it out. Is it yeah. streaming anywhere? Or I don't. I don't think it is. Um, you might have to rent it or something. Okay. But <coughs> no problem. Yeah, so so good. Um, and and just and also just shows like Raimi's ability to do something that you've never seen him do before, like a a thriller kind of yeah mystery thing. Um, I don't want to give too much away. It's also got <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton in it. Oh, mm-hmm. I love Billy Bob. <laughs> love just saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, as far as shots, like a few other ones, there is. 
Well, there's there's some transit, some editing, some transitions that are really cool, like the shot yeah. with the the stone creature in the garden. I think it goes from someone's face, like transitions to the stone creature, and yeah. then uh, and then and when they're in the car and it's raining, yeah, um, the TV. Yeah, it goes it, like you That's see the rain one. hitting the window, and then it goes to the static on the TV. I'm like, I love cuts like that. Me it's too. Like, yeah. Such Me a too. clever thing yeah. to do, and you don't see it much anymore. No, no. Like you don't see that 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 thought put into the storytelling and the crafting. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean that that is a like a technique that's very that kind of goes back to the silent film days. I mean, one of my favorite Hitchcock transitions is I think in The Lodger, which is a silent film, um, where a woman discovers a body, turns the camera, screams, and it cuts to a train coming out of a tunnel. Yeah. And just that, yeah. you know, you can just hear it. You know, I don't know how that has, like, that was thought up, but I look like, yeah, those kind of, you know, whether the same in a weird yeah. way, but they're yeah. not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I I love that shot. It's done, it yeah. stood out for me as well. It's great. They do that, that in Breaking of, Bad um, all the time. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of um. I don't know if you guys remember uh, the second Jurassic Park movie, The Lost World. That transition from uh, from early in the film, I think the opening when the mom's on the beach and she's yelling to Jeff Goldblum like yawning. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, even as a kid, I was like, oh, I was yeah. like, yeah. don't know what it is, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, two Lost World references in one episode. Yeah, <laughs> the, pre- the pressure's on for me to try and sneak it in before the end. Um, okay, so there's one more shot in this movie that I want to talk about that I think just takes it over the top for me. It is it's about thirty sec, thirty seven to thirty eight seconds long. Mm. It's when they. They, uh, it's towards the end of the film, but it's the opening shot of uh, Powers Booth bringing Matthew McConaughey to the garden. Hmm. And so it kind of starts off like by one of these stone creatures and they're walking into the garden and they're like talking and it's, you know, night, you know, there's a lot of like fog. The camera follows them along and he, you know, there's some dialogue exchanged where he's, still telling the story and the camera kind of moves down into the bushes as they pass by and then lifts up and you see the kids dig in the hole to bury spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Well, I won't even say what it is. They're burying somebody. Um, and it's all the same shot. So they got the kids, you know, they had, so yeah, there's a lot of mechanics involved, not only in the crane uh, sh- shot moving, but also in the lighting design because when the shot moves up, there's like these yellow lights on. So they had to like turn them on in the middle of yeah. the shot in order for it to oh. like work right. Um, yes, that that shot, I had to like rewind it and watch it a couple of times because I was like, mm. was all of this the same shot? Like how long was yeah. that shot? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just like, I feel like, I don't know if he was just being ballsy or he was just having fun. Yeah, and, and I wonder if some of it comes out of like necessity. You know, maybe the budget wasn't huge and they were like, okay, we need to transition across. We could probably do this in like one shot. Yeah. Yeah, you I know. definitely think some necessity was in there. Definitely. Mm. It's like, hey, it works great for creativity. <laughs> <Always>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, such good stuff. Um, Maybe the kids were just like, hey, we want to see with Matthew McConaughey. And we're like, hmm, that's not well, going to really work. <laughs> well, they're in another scene with Matthew McConaughey. At the end of the movie, when the camera is like panning off and he like mm. is taking his wife by the arm or whatever and they're like yeah. walking down the street and like two kids come along on scooters, it's the kids. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I didn't notice that either. I didn't know. I, really I, 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 I just read the, the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I was just reading the trivia. But yeah, yeah. it's the kids. Wow. And what did Bill Paxson say about it? He said, I don't know if I even copied it, but he, he mentioned that it it kind of gave it this weird, like, for him, it gave the ending like this weird, like, Twilight Zone kind of feel. Mm. Yeah. Speaking like, of the kids, great casting for both of them. Yeah. Great yeah, kids have the tendency to be really annoying, um, just generally, I think. Uh, so, <laughs> so to find two kids that kind of the tent poles, really, the film, you know, they do the majority of the, um, you know, the, I don't know, the, the main acting, I guess, you know. Yeah, because it's all about stuff. It's, yeah, yeah, it's all about their reactions. Yeah. You know, it's like. It, People talk about Matt O'Leary a lot in this film because he's yeah. kind of the main character and he's, you know, and mm. it, obviously he is amazing, but Jeremy Sumter as well is incredible. Like, yeah, th- like those scenes, like, like when he brings the, the his own list home and, and Bill Paxson is like, isn't this the kid that bullied yeah. you last week? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, and like he's just, yeah. he's like kind of got a smile. He's like excited. Like that, <laughs> that just the way that he does it, man, is just like you, like I said, like that, those parts like really gut punched me because I'm like, man, he's just like corrupting these children. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah, kinda, it's and he horrible. plays it off so like, oh, you rascal, you know. He's yeah, just yeah. Like, <laughs> we can't kill normal people, silly, yeah. you know. And it's like, oh god. <laughs> but then still, like their reactions to like whenever he's chopping people up is like that's what makes it because you don't see it. Yeah, you don't see yeah. it. Yeah, you know. Like yeah. I always, it it hit me really hard when um, like we would see you know the dad getting ready to do the killings and Fenton, like you could see like in his eyes, he's like, Oh my God, Adam, he is so like, he's like quietly strong. He's just there. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. I was like, that's terrified me. Cause I'm like, man, he's like, he is so into this. So fully. Yeah. He he's can, normalized it. Yeah. He's exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that just, that always stood out to me. That's why like Adam, that actor, I was like, yeah, like he, he deserves a lot of props too, because he was, he may not have always been super loud, but he was there. Like you could feel it if you just, you know, look at him. Yeah. 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 It's it's great performances. And I think that again goes to the director, you know, the director gets the yep. performances out of the, you know, gets what he wants. So, um, yeah, I think, um, Paxton did just a one, just a great job on this. And it's a oh, shame yeah. that we didn't get to see more of where he would have gone. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely somebody that I would like to watch more of his movies. Like uh, his, I think the thing that I watched most as a kid maybe was Twister. 
Yeah. That VHS in the video stores, oh man, they have a billion copies. I was like, oh. Yeah, and, and Apollo 13. Oh, yep. Um, but yeah, there's so much. He's been in so many good movies. Oh, it's just, yeah. It's kind of mind-boggling because he, he was always kind of in the background for me. Yeah. It's weird because on, on New Year's Eve, we watched um, we watched True Lies because uh, I'm trying uh, to fill in some of my James Cameron blanks. And um, he plays a really, really fun character in that. Um, nice. Because <laughs> anything with James Cameron, you know, he's bound to pop up at some point. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was really fun to watch him in kind of more of a comedic role and then in this and just see the range that he had. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just the the ability. You know, there's no wonder that James Cameron, one of the greatest directors of our time, chose to use him so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, man. Oh, small thing I didn't notice until the end. Uh, last name Meeks, like Meek shall inherit the earth. I didn't get that till the very end. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even I don't think I got that at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on it because that just (laughs) just randomly I was like wait a minute because I was um I tried to see if they came up with a name for the dad and I was like Meeks I was like oh I get it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) well it's their last name right yep yeah Mm -hmm. what are Meeks I think it's the Meek isn't Meek like the quiet yeah Yeah, like Meek oh the Meek okay I get it. <laughs> what are meeks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy people. Stay away from them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking it up. Meaning of meek. Quiet, gentle, and easily imposed on. Submissive. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, they are imposed on by God. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, Discuss. yeah, I mean, it could just be, I mean, like this, this character could have such a rich backstory. It's like, yeah, yeah, he could have been, um, yeah, just got the, the crappy end of the deal his whole life. Yeah. You know? yeah. Any amount of trauma could lead to this point. Yeah. You know, big time. Yeah. Um, do you guys have you guys ever seen Peter Pan from two thousand three? No, Chelsea hasn't really liked it. And then when we watched it, she was like, "Hey, it's uh, it's Peter Pan." <laughs> okay, yeah, Jeremy yeah. Sumter is Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Oh, is. oh wow! Wait, that wait, yeah. that was two thousand three. Yeah, so minute. what, like two years after this? Dang, he's like, oh, so, yeah. seems like so much older. Mm. But I guess he, yeah. Two years is a lot of time as a kid. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah. Uh, the ending isn't great, but overall, it's a really good film. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, man. Incredible. Any yeah, Anything else that uh, you guys... That we missed that you guys want to touch on any other deep dives or thoughts? Hmm. I think a, a small thing 
I liked a little bit is um the scene where after Fenton's been locked up and stuff and he gets out and he's like, I had the vision. I saw God and Adam's immediately like, what do you mean you saw? How come you get to see God? I was like, yeah, yeah Fenton's in trouble. I was like, yeah, <laughs> but Adam's not buying this. But like the beautiful thing about it is his father just like wanted him to just join in so much. He didn't question it at all. He's like, great, great. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's faith though, isn't it? You don't question yeah. it. You just like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want, you know, with all the, all the, you know, horrible things that Bill Paxton's character does. I'd like still when he spoilers is killed. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same. I was like, yeah. no. <laughs> I want more yeah. of this. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that's, you know, if you're left wanting more, you've done something good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I blame the sixth sense for the ending. I think that's <laughs> the reason. I, I totally missed that context. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Sixth sense was yeah. big. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems like they're, you know, this kind of movie mm. was very popular around that time. And, and yeah. this kind of movie is popular all the time, kind of. But like, yeah. yeah, pretty much, yeah. But yeah, it's weird that it didn't, it wasn't a bigger hit. You know, mm. maybe it was just there was just a lot of oversaturation of of good stuff out there, or maybe people didn't maybe. like people of faith being portrayed as, um, yeah, violent. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, because you automatically lose quite a large demographic. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, I mean, at this point, let me have a look through. I just want to see because I know that obviously he had done. Um, Matthew McConaughey had done like Dazed and Confused. Um, I want to kind of go through and just see like what point of his career this was in. Yeah, he's pretty young in this. Yeah, the Wedding Planner came out the same year, so he was just taking off oh, wow. into um, romantic comedies. Yeah, yeah, like his his heyday, really. Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, if this had maybe been a year or two later, it probably would have got a lot more traction. Um, he would have been probably a more bankable star than he was at this yeah. point. Um, well, I mean, Paxson said that uh, in one of his interviews that McConaughey was the reason they got the financing. Oh, really? Oh, wow. So he was a bankable star. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that yeah. back. So. Wow. Okay. I wonder if it was a marketing thing or something. Because if they, I, yeah. I think if they'd been able to get it out more, it would have been pretty big. Because you know, McConaughey was really amazing, and it like they were, yeah. it would have worked out well for them. Yeah, maybe they just didn't have the budget for the marketing, or I don't know, man. It is a gut wrenching film. Like I was reading that, yeah, uh, when they test screened it, like the first test screening they had, people walked out when he brought the first woman home. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah. So they couldn't take it. Yeah. Like, which is just now it's it seems just, yeah, so it's, bizarre. It's like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's mm. like maybe it's just too real for people because I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they couldn't see Bill Paxton in this kind of role. Mm. I don't know, man. But it is aged so well. It is. Yeah. It has so good. Amazingly yeah. well. Yeah. Just phenomenally well. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. But 
That's what we're here for. We're getting it out there. Yeah, that's what we're yep. that's what we're here for. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's it for me. I mean, I I think I covered yeah. everything I wanted to. Dived into the deep end. Let me see. I think I think that's all good for me. Uh oh. Also, uh, just small, random thing I noticed in the beginning. Uh, it's a Lionsgate film, and Lionsgate was two words. It's like, wait a minute. How long has Lionsgate's been around? I thought they started like mid to late two thousands. I, I didn't know they've been around. Like I looked it up since ninety seven. Oh, I was surprised. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hadn't gotten the one word Lionsgate yet. <laughs> nope. They were like, ah, oh, no, no. Still needs to be two words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's try to guess what each of us rated this film. Uh, usually we rate things on letterboxd. Um, yeah. And so it's out of five stars. Um, I don't think you're not on uh, letterboxd, right? CJ. Not yet. I got to finish setting it up. Everyone's been getting on me for it for a while. I'm like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay, well, when you do get it, I will add it to the show notes and to the the, yeah. the YouTube description uh, okay. for people watching this. Um, So, yeah. So, out of five stars, um, I'm going to say that Lewis gave it... Uh, I'm gonna say you gave it <laughs> uh, four and a half, and okay. CJ, I'm gonna say you gave it five out of five. All right. I think so. you both gave it five. I'm just gonna say you both okay. gave it five out of five. All right. What do you think, CJ? I was thinking four and a halfs for both of you. That's what All I was. Right. We um, always get to this point and we're like, what do we <laughs> now do who's now? gonna say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine was four and a half. Mine was four. Okay. Yeah, you. When I do make it, it's definitely five. <laughs> definitely. <Yeah. laughs> I was like, man, that I'm that transparent, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you. I mean, like, you picked the film and you yeah. had seen it before. I was like, it's yeah. gotta be. It's gotta be like up there i think oh, for yeah. me like i take the half star off just because um i do take the film seriously yeah and the ending yeah it just i can't justify giving people a reason to be violent yeah. in the name of god yeah. you know yeah. yeah mine is half a star for each twist you know <laughs> for oh, i can actually see the visions and then for and now there's an intervention where no one can really remember who I am, so I'm just going to get away with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, it's like I want to. I really, really, really want to believe that no one would be like, you know, they take the wrong thing from the ending. Yeah. But so far, I've been proven wrong pretty much all the time in that respect in life. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you could literally ending, when so they. When they kill Bill Paxton, you could literally end it there, and I'd be happy. Yep, same. <laughs> I'd be like, cool, that's good. You know, that's as far as I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, yeah. I mean, he he really made that movie. Like yeah, he really yeah. he really made it, but he also made it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he made it, but he makes it. True. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um. Yeah. So okay. So we're at that part of the show where we find out what we're watching next week. If you made it this far, you must love this movie. Um, what are we doing next in this film church journey Lewis my goodness I'm so excited for this we have talked about we have had this on the back burner for months at this point Um, we've been talking about it for a long time Um, last year Brandon and I um, went back and did a Sergio Leone retrospective where we watched everything that Sergio Leone had directed um, chronologically and talked about it week over week and we thought we're going to do this again Um, but the director that we have chosen to do it for is possibly one of the greatest directors of all time Um, so we are going to be starting next week a very special 2023 director retrospective for the one and only Stanley Kubrick oh boy so next week we will be talking early Kubrick, so the three documentaries um, that Kubrick made, and then Fear and Desire, his first feature film. Um, and then week by week we will go through each film and talk about his life, his artistic journey. We will rank them, I'm sure, as we did with the Leone films. Um, and yeah, we will be all things Kubrick until around about the middle of april so i hope that everyone can come and join (laughs) us on this journey it's going to be absolutely incredible there's not one film on there that um you're going to regret watching so come and join us it's going to be bonkers oh yeah bronxes because he's from the bronx little kubrick um jokes uh of course kubrick is you know he's in the the holy text of cinema. And I had a friend once that uh, we were talking and I was like, yeah, Kubrick's cool, you know, great director. And he's like, oh, um, once you once you see more of his films, I hadn't seen them all the time. He's like, once you see more of them, you get to that level of respect where you call him Kubrick. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, he's Stanley Kubrick, not Kubrick, Kubrick. And I said, okay, all right. <laughs> like, you got to go outside a little bit more, man. I love him too, but you know. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, CJ, thank you again for being yeah. this this film. This is, man, this might end thank up being you. one of my favorite watches of the year. It was so so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we're gonna have to have you on again. Maybe maybe for one of these Kubrick films. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm in. <laughs> um, love talking to you, dude. Oh uh, yes, Sam. Glad to finally be here. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. Yes. Yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah. Climb the highest mountain. <laughs> um, so that brings us to the end of the show. Everybody, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias at Film Church Radio, and you can follow us individually on Letterboxd. I am at Selman Scope and Lewis is at Walker Lewis3007. To keep up with what we've been watching. Um and see what's on our watch list all that kind of stuff see what we rate things uh you can find cj at cjb223 on instagram 
Yep, on Instagram. Okay, cool. And then I will put your letterboxed in the future show notes. So keep up with that. Um, our podcast is on all good streaming podcast platforms. Please, please uh, leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think of the show. Tell people about the church. Hope to see you in the future. We're also on YouTube where this video podcast is currently there. So if you want to see our faces, go there. I should have told you that at the beginning of the show. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's it. Uh, The last thing I have to say is... Well, boys, you did good. Especially you, CJ. No, I just did as I was told. What about me? (laughs) You did good too, Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) He says with a sigh. (laughs) You did good, boys. <laughs> Got it done. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Film Church. Have a good week. Say your Film Church prayers. Amen. 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 One thing I forgot to mention was like whenever he's like first talking about. Um, his vision with the kids or maybe it's the second time, but he like, as it's, as it's going into like, uh, Matthew McConaughey's narration and the kid is like, like, the kid is like having a surreal moment because he's realizing his dad is going to murder people. Mm -hmm. Um, like Bill Paxton in the background under the narration, he's like, we're all going to be in heaven with mommy soon. Oh god. Which I think explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah, that's chilling. I don't yeah. like things like that. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. This movie is fucked. Oh yeah. It is. <laughs> and but yeah, I'm glad Late it just it goes there. <laughs> You glad that what? <laughs> it goes there. You yeah. know, it's not like pulling any punches. It is, yeah. it is f***ed up. Look on the back of this, uh, <laughs> on the back of this, uh, well, first off, the cover has Matthew McConaughey on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but on the back, it's got, um, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> shirtless. <laughs> yeah, the one shirtless scene, I was like, they had to throw it in there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Ha, 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 ha.